Does everybody have some form of, if you have a form of social media in here, can you raise your hand? Okay. So the majority of us, right? I want everybody to either write this down or post it on your social media right now, if you can. If you have a second, if you don't have good Wi-Fi, just write it down. You can get it later. So I know some of y'all have Cricket Mobile. That's okay. Wait till you get on some Wi-Fi. I'm not hating. I know how it is. So make sure you write it down so that later you can put it up here. So I want you to say this on your social media because I want to shift the culture. Anybody else want to shift the culture? Okay. So I want you to write this on your social media. I want you to write, normalize missing things for church and not the other way around. Normalize missing things for church and not the other way around. N-O-R-M-A-L-I-Z-E, normal eyes. Normalize missing things for church, comma, and not the other way around. I wanna shift our culture. I wanna shift our culture as Christians to normalize missing things for church. I hear so many times, especially being on this side of ministry, oh, I couldn't go because I had this going on. Couldn't go because it was so-and-so's birthday party. I couldn't go because we had a game, we had this, we had a practice, we had a training, we couldn't make it. Let's normalize missing things. In our church, it's very hard, especially in our culture, because that's not what our culture teaches you. Church is the third option if you don't have anything else going on. But I want to challenge you as believers. I want to challenge you as Christians to normalize missing things. Say, I have church. And I know there's different circumstances. I know there's situations where you can't miss things. We are praying that JT has the most amazing game tomorrow night. And he will have scouts and scholarship offers because of how amazing he plays. And there's times when that's going to happen and that is okay. But let's make it a culture and normalize saying, you know what? We're not going to be at training tonight. We're not going to be at wine night. We're not going to be at this party. We're not going to be at this hangout. We can because this is important. This is sacred. This is what matters. We have to shift our culture and we have to shift our minds. You know, the other day I was having a conversation. Sorry, my name's um, Jeremiah. I'm a pastor. Um, the other day I was having a conversation and we were just talking about some of our amazing pastors that we have and the pastors that have been here. And we were like, man, nobody preaches with as much fire as Pastor Troy does. Man, yeah, amen, right? Nobody preaches with as much fire as Pastor Troy does. He's the best at that. Nobody is as reverent as Pastor Dom. He's the best at that. Nobody has the doctrine in slides through a sermon like Michael Jackson, like my grandfather does, Dr. Kayetson. Nobody. He's the best. And it got me thinking. I said, man, and, and just a disclaimer, first and foremost, those are all my OGs. I sat under Dominic as his youth leader for him and Emily eight years ago when they started here at DSM. I've listened to Pastor Troy's messages for 20 years of my life and have watched him slain giants in the spirit, not only in his life, but in a lot of your lives in this room. Amen. And with that, I just want to say right now, I just pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation over both of you right now. I just pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would just give you both strength right now. That the spirit of wisdom would remind you of all those times when that storm was sinking that boat. 
when those walls were crumbling down and he was there. I just pray the spirit of wisdom will go into both of you right now and remind you all the things that he has brought you through and all the things that he has brought you through to equip you for the things that you are getting ready to take on. I pray the spirit of revelation will reveal his plans through it all and that his voice will be the loudest in your hearts and in your minds. In Jesus' name. I sat here and listened to Dr. Kayetan for 28 years, heard amazing messages. So just to even put me in any type of conversation with those guys is an honor. Even if you say I suck, if I'm even in the same conversation, I'm like, man, thank you. That's an honor to me. I've only been preaching consistently since February 23rd of this year. Thank you. You want to compare me to that? Oh, thank you. You suck compared to them. Thank you for comparing me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's an honor, dude. Are you crazy? I've seen these guys slay giants in the spirit. But, you know, that conversation, it made me think of, what do I want to be the best at? And I spoke to the Lord, and I was reading my Bible, and I said, God, I want to be the best servant. I want to be the best servant. That's who I want to be as a Christian. I want to be known as the person who serves your heart better than anybody else. I want to be known as the person who will do anything when you call. The person that hears your voice clearly and moves immediately with obedience. I want to be the best servant. You know, in Matthew 20, 28, Jesus says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus gave us a blueprint. He didn't come here to be served. He didn't put you on this earth for such a time as this to be served. He puts you here to serve. He puts you here to serve the Lord. He puts you here to wake up every single day, fill yourself with this word, pray, talk to him, be in this room when there's services, worship together as a family, give when there's a chance to further the kingdom, give your time, give your money, give your life, volunteer, serve, pour into somebody, be filled with this. That was the blueprint that he left for us. He didn't come here to be served. And it's hard because our country will tell you the opposite. Our culture is the opposite. Everything's supposed to serve you. Have it your way. (laughs) It ain't always going to be your way. It's not about us. It's not about it. We are here to serve. In Mark 9, 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and he said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. We have to be the servant of all. We don't get closer to Jesus by doing good works. We don't get closer to getting into heaven by doing good works. We get closer to him by serving his heart. You don't Joshua kids your way into heaven. You don't worship team your way into heaven. You don't preach your way into heaven. You are only going to see him if you're close to him, if you know his heart, if you know his word, if you serve his heart, if you're a good servant. That's our posture. Our posture is to say, I want to be 
the best servant I can possibly be, even when I'm tired, even when I don't feel like it, even when it sucks, even when the world is telling me I should be chasing pleasure. I'll be a good servant, Lord. I love, (laughs) I know Pastor Troy doesn't like this, but my grandfather used to say this all the time. (laughs) He used to say, good, better, best. Never let it rest until good turns to better and better turns to best. Maybe some of you are in here right now and you are at the place of being a good servant. I'm happy for you. That's good. Get better. Get better. Well, I I go to church like maybe like, you know, twice a month. That's good. That's good. I volunteer in kids church sometimes. I give my offering when I can. You know, when I get a little extra money, that's good. Get better. Get better. Go harder. Do more. Because this world is coming against you harder, okay? This world is coming against you, and they're gonna, it's going to try to stop you at every single second that it can. Get better. Be a better servant. And once you get better, you're like, man, I don't really miss service. I miss here and there. But you know what? Not for many things. I put church over things the majority of my life. I give consistently. I serve consistently. I'm able to be a part of this ministry. This is my family. Once you're at better, be the best. Be the best. Be the person that's in this room who somebody can run to when they need a word from heaven. Be the person in this room that when I'm going through hell, I can run up to you and I know that you can bless me. I know that you'll be able to put your hand on me and bless me, right? Like the blessing when Pastor Troy was throwing them letters at everybody. I know you'll be able to bless me. Bring heaven into earth. Be the best at that. Be the best servant. Get there early. Honor your word. Everybody's sitting in these front two rows. If you can learn to be the best just at being on time, When I say, hey, I'm going to be there on Thursday, showing up, showing up on time, showing up with a good attitude, you'll excel. You'll run past this world with ease because there's adults who can't do that. Be the best. Be the best servant. You know who's the best servant? Matt. Matt is the best servant. When he shows up, I know who's showing up when Matt shows up. He's the best at it. I I had him roped up at at the men's conference doing a trip to hell scene. He'll show up and do screens. He'll show up and take guard, whatever it is. I remember we were moving somebody, me and David were moving somebody, and we were in this nasty, hot apartment. It smelled like weed and booty. And (laughs) and (laughs) sorry, this isn't DSM. I can't talk like that. Um... (laughs) It was disgusting, bro. We were moving this, this church mother. She was in this horrible apartment. Yeah, it was nasty. I'm like, yo, we got, and it was good that, that PT sent us to move her because it was a horrible situation. It was a nasty spot. But we were moving her, and we got about four hours into the move. Pastor Marlon was there, you know. <laughs> We got about four hours into the move, and Pastor Marlon was like, hey, guys, I got to go. And me and, <laughs> and me and David looked at each other. We like, wait a minute, what? You going where? <laughs> There's no way this old lady has four houses worth of stuff. Wait a minute, don't go. <laughs> and you know what, David? David picked up the phone. He said, I know who to call. 
I know who to call. He picked up that phone, and I kid you not, like in 10 minutes later, Matt was walking up those nasty stairs, helping us move for the rest of the day. With a good attitude. This is probably one of the first times I even met you. I'm like, who is this kid? Why is he so happy to be in here? I was over there mad. I was grumpy. Matt was over there smiling, moving these nasty cushions and stuff. I was like, man, let's throw this old lady stuff away. She won't even notice. But he knew who to call. He knew. And church, that's how we have to be. Be the best. Be the best servant. Say, when I'm going through, when I need somebody, when I need help, I know I can call you. And you're going to come. You're not going to come with a bad attitude. You're not going to come not feeling like helping, tired. You're not going to come 55 minutes late. You're going to be there on time, ready. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Sorry for saying <laughs> It's going to be the last time I get to preach here. It's okay. <laughs> In 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. Everyone say serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 11. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. He is the one who should receive the glory from our service forever and ever. He is the one who should receive the glory. When I'm preaching, he is the one who should receive the glory. If you're worshiping, he is the one who should receive the glory. If you're picking up trash, he is the one who should receive the glory. Whatever it is, when you speak, when you open your mouth, whatever God has gifted you to do, because he's gifted every single person in here with unique gifts, unique abilities, whatever he's given to you to be able to do, he should be the one to receive the glory through it. He is the one because he gave it to you. It was his gift he gave. As people, we like to glorify. You know, we were... We were created to put someone on the throne and glorify them. That's in our being. It's in our nature. It's in our DNA. It's in our spirit. We want to glorify somebody. We want to exalt someone. We were created for it. Jesus made us to do that. He made us to exalt him, to put him on the throne and exalt him. But our culture has perverted it. It's perverted our nature. It's perverted our nature of wanting to put someone on the throne and praise them. And we see it every single day. We put a politician on the throne. That's my guy. I'm going to wear his T-shirt and his hat. Even though he doesn't care about me, really. I love him. He's the GOAT. LeBron's the GOAT. Giannis is the GOAT, whatever. Messi's the best. And we do it. You see it in every single field. It doesn't even have to be sports. Uh, anybody have their favorite YouTuber for whatever it is you watch? I love watching Overlanding. The guy from Last Line of Defense is the best. Love his videos. He's the best. I'm sure there's people in your influence, their sphere of influence that you love, that you call the best. And we exalt them because it's in our nature. We love to have arguments about who's the best, Right? We love to have arguments. Who's the goat? Who's the greatest? They do this the best. 
because it's in our DNA. We were created to exalt the king. But we can't fall into the perversion of this world that says, let's put other things on the throne. Let's sit ourselves on the throne. We love to serve ourselves. And I don't have to get into detail about how you do it. Think about how many times you served yourself today. Doing things that make you feel good. Chasing things that make you feel good only. I'm not doing hard things. It's not going to make me happy. I say this in DSN all the time. Doing easy things doesn't make you better. Exactly. Doing easy things puts you in bondage. Serving yourself makes you a slave to your own desires. We serve ourselves. We make ourselves happy. We put ourselves on the throne and we say, oh, whatever it is that you need, I'm going to do it. Whatever it is that's going to make you feel good, I'll chase it. You are my king. I'm my own king. We love to chase that stuff. We serve ourselves. And we look up and we say, man, why is my life in bondage? Why is my family falling apart? Why am I addicted to all this stuff? Why is everything around me horrible? So you've been serving yourself. You put yourself on the throne. I want to disclaimer this before I say it, because I love sports. Don't get it twisted. I'm an athlete. I love watching sports. I think athletes are the best people in the world. I wouldn't hire somebody who's not an athlete because they don't know how to lose. Athletes are good losers. I love athletes. But the problem right now in our culture, and it's not just athletes, it's any activity that has been filled in taking the place of church. But right now we are serving children according to the doctrine of this world. We're serving children according to the doctrine of this world. You are serving your children according to the doctrine of this world. I see it every Thursday. Why? Because I don't see your kid there. And when I do, they have a little drug problem. They tell me they've been messing around. They have confusion about who they are. They identify as this. It's not, it's, it's not, it's real. There's kids in our youth group who have gender identity issues. There's kids in our youth group who have species identity issues. And maybe your kid, you're like, oh, well, my kid doesn't do that. Okay, but guess what? If the only thing is you're doing is serving that child according to the doctrine of this world that says that they have to be at every single event, every single training, every single practice, every single school function, every single friend's house, every single birthday party, before they come to Jesus and learn this word, you are serving your child according to the doctrine of this earth and not the doctrine of heaven. You can clap. It's not fun, but it's true. So don't run back here after the fact. That's who you've been serving. That's who you've been the best at serving. They don't know the truth of what's in this word more than they know how to shoot a jump shot or throw a football. There's a problem. And again, I freaking love sports, so don't get it twisted. 
But there's been a normalizing of serving our children. There's been a normalizing of serving our friends. There's been a normalizing of serving ourselves according to the teachings of our culture. And we have to break it. It has to stop. You are out of time. You're done. If you think that this world is going to get any better, you're sadly mistaken. If you turn on the TV and see what's going on right now, and not even on, from a war standpoint, the attack on what is truth. If you think they're going to learn that at that school they go to, you're sadly mistaken. If you think that they're going to learn that from their personal trainer, you are sadly mistaken. It's not going to happen. And it's the same for you. If you think that you can substitute anything for this, you're going to fall. You got to get good at waking up and reading this. You got to get good at waking up and hearing what the Lord is saying to you, hearing what his voice is to you. You have to get good at it. That podcast is not going to sustain you. That self-help book is not going to sustain you. That YouTube channel, that YouTube pastor is not going to sustain you. I am not going to sustain you. It has to be a personal pursuit every single day, a waking up and saying, Lord, search my heart, test my mind. What are you saying? Where are you leading? Where are you guiding? What does this word say? Because when I hear something, it has to go through this filter of truth before I move. This has to be first. This is what we serve. He is our savior. We get worried We love to let worry trick us into serving ourselves. Say, oh, but my kid needs that scholarship. I want my, you know, relationships to be good. I want to have friends, so I have to miss church to go hang out with the guys, hang out with the girls, watch that football game. I have to do this because I need this. In Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all of these things will be added unto you. You have to have an understanding that he's got you. Stop worrying. He literally says it. Don't worry. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers of the field. Are you not that much more valuable to our Lord? Stop worrying. If you're allowing worry to make you the servant of yourself, you're missing it. And don't justify that crap with worry. Oh, well, I have to make sure. No, you don't have to make sure anything. You have to make sure you know this word. That's what you got to make sure. Be the best servant. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23. I love you guys before we get into this, everybody. Does that make anybody even feel good when somebody says that anymore? People just say that. Like, you my brother. I love you. Everybody, your brother, your cousin, something. You ain't my family. Come on. stop it we not family some of y'all yes but a lot of you y'all say just crazy stuff to yeah anyway all right Matthew 7 21 through 23 it says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. 22, it says, many will say to me 
on that day. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That word perform sticks out to me. Perform. Didn't we perform for you, Jesus? Didn't I come up here and sing a song with your name in it? Didn't I come up here and preach a message with your words in it? Didn't I go out there and serve food at the, at the food pantry? You saw me over there, right? Didn't you see me perform, Jesus? And the Lord is saying, I never knew you. You were serving yourself. And I'm warning you, church. This is a warning. That if you think that your good works for yourself, for the glory of yourself, are going to get you into heaven, they are not. If you don't come up here and pray unto him, if you don't come up here and sing those songs as a servant to him, if you don't come up here and preach on this platform as a servant unto him, if our hearts are not postured in service to him, he's going to look at you and say, I don't know you. You were putting on a show. You were make-believe. Thank you for acting on your way. Our hearts have to be in service to him. We have to be good at serving his heart, not ours. We can't be serving to make ourselves feel good. We can't be coming up here on this platform to make ourselves feel good. Let me preach to you. Let me show you something. Let me sing for you. Look at me. I'm donating to Joshua Kids. Look at me. I'm volunteering. Our heart has to be in service unto him. Our posture has to be in service unto him. The second it becomes even a little bit about our own heart, we're gone. We're, tr- we're in trouble. It says it in Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful above all things. Our hearts are deceitful. We should never be in service to our own hearts. It's deceit. It's make-believe. It's performance. Why are you serving? Where is your heart? I had a conversation the other day. A lot of my messages come from conversations, but we're talking about how people think this is like such this like, some people, not everybody, some people know the real, but a lot of people think that being a pastor is like this like glorious position. Like it's this high esteemed, you're, you're the guy, man. Like you're the president or something. Something stupid like that. And I was, sorry, Masi. <laughs> something silly like that. And I was talking to them and I said, you know, it's just such a disconnect from the truth. It's such a disconnect from the reality of what this even is. It's a servant. I am a servant. I just became a pastor. I'm a servant. I was telling them, I said, man, I woke up at 6 a.m. for the past week and worked all day, like manual labor worked all day, and then went to preach. I said, this is not, this isn't it. This is not the servant 
right here. This is the tiniest piece of being a servant. This microphone, this is nothing. Caleb knows we put in like 48 hours at Cleveland last week. It was awesome. That was being a servant. That's waking up, putting it in, working, making it happen, giving your all. I was tired. I woke up at six so I could do my content that I need to do, plus go work, plus preach. I was tired. But it was a servant's heart that I took the posture of. It was a servant's heart to say, man, I know, God, that you're going to use this. And on Sunday, when I saw the congregation walk into that lobby, they felt it. They felt the anointing. They felt the anointing of heaven. And I knew they would, regardless of what happened in the service, regardless of what somebody sang or preached or anything, there was already a sacrifice made. And there was already work put in. There was already foundation laid with a servant's heart that said, God, use this place, abide in this place, be in everything that we do in each one of these chairs, each one of these lights that we hang, Father. May the people feel your presence. It's a servant's heart. It's a posture of being a servant. We have to ask ourselves, there's no title, there's no stage, there's no clapping. Would you still do it? Would you do this? Would you wake up when nobody's looking and read this Bible? Are you waking up and reading this Bible when nobody is looking? Or are you just excited to run up here and pray for people when it's time for people to get prayed for? You're just excited to jump up here and sing a song and perform. You're excited to give a word and perform. Who are you when nobody's watching? Are you doing this to minister his heart or get followers? Get notoriety with your friend group. Be self-righteous. Look at me. I'm the Christian in the group. Because if you are, it's going to crumble. Pastor Troy just talked about it. That illustration was amazing. It's going to crumble. And it's going to fall down. We have to want the burden that is on his heart. And I close with this. We have to get good at getting before Jesus, getting before Jesus, looking him in the face, say, Lord, what's the burden on your heart? Where is the burden on your heart? How can I be of service? How can I be of service unto you? How can I be in service unto the kingdom of heaven? What's breaking your heart right now, Jesus? I want to get good at hearing it. I want to feel it. Convict me, God. It's a scary prayer. Convict me. I want to feel the weight of what's on your heart. Not this current situation I'm dealing with. That's nothing. What are you feeling? How can I be a servant? How can I be of use? Because at the end of the day, at the end of all this, when it come, push comes to shove, I want to walk into heaven. I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful. Not my good and faithful worship leader. Not my good and faithful pastor. Not my good and faithful content creator. Not my good and faithful friend. Not my good and faithful coach. Not my good and faithful baseball, basketball. Not my good and faithful teacher. Not my good and faithful anything. 
my good and faithful servant. Well done. My creator is pleased. We have to be servants. We have to ask the Lord to break our heart for what breaks his. So as we close tonight, I just want everybody to stand. And tonight, what I want us to do is to posture our hearts as servants before the Lord. What I want us to do right now in this moment is say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. With every eye closed right now, you know, they're killing babies in Israel. They're beheading babies in Israel. They're taking innocent lives, beheading babies. You know that they're beheading millions of babies in our country every single day in women's wombs around this country right now. They're beheading babies. And we're worried about serving ourselves. We're worried about serving ourselves. There's innocent blood being spilled. We worried about gossip. Jesus, search our hearts right now. Search our hearts, Lord. Tonight, I want to give the opportunity for you to come forward to this altar and ask the Lord to search you when we close. But I just want your prayer to be, God, use me. I want to be the best servant. Make me the best servant, Lord. I want to carry the burdens of your heart well, Father. Make me an instrument of heaven, made holy, useful to our master for good use and special purposes. Tonight as we close, I want to give you time to just come up to this altar. Ask the Lord to put his burdens on your heart. Take the things that you walked in here with. Take the worries that you walked in here with. Take the things that you think are important, the things that you've made important previously that you walked into this room with. I want you to lay it down at this altar and say, Jesus, give me what's on your heart. Take the stuff that I walked in here with, that financial situation, that family situation, that worry that I have, that issue that I've been dealing with, that addiction, that sadness, that anger, whatever it is, Take it right now in Jesus' name and exchange it with the desires of heaven. Exchange it with the burdens of heaven. Make it so that I can't walk without feeling the weight of the innocence that is being perverted and killed right now. That I feel the weight of having the opportunity to even vote to, sp- to save innocent blood. Convict me, Father. Convict me. I lay it down before you. Give me the burdens of your heart and make me the best servant. In Jesus' name, I want to give this opportunity for you to come to the altar, lay down whatever you brought in here before you go. 
and ask the Lord to replace it with the desires of heaven and help you to be the best servant that you can possibly be. I want to say let's normalize missing things for church and not the other way around. Read your Bible and pray every single day. And live right, love everybody, and pray hard. See you next time.